More importantly, Nick fans. In fact, we might have the last two remaining Nick fans here with us today on Not For Nothing with your host, Chris and Chris. Hi, Chris. Hello. How are you? Well, it's that time of year again to uh, lament about the Knicks. Let's lament the Knicks. We've, uh, so just so everyone's aware, we've got me live from Pittsburgh, PA. We've got Chris somewhere at a Bible camp up in Vermont. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the great, the great RJ Weaver is in uh, live and direct from New Newark, New Jersey, and uh, and uh, Mike Cold Cuts Davy coming at you from uh, I want to say, is it Jackson Heights, Queens, something like that? Yeah. All right. The bubble. In the yeah. bubble. Yeah, Mike's in the bubble. <laughs> we actually paid to have Mike. I'm in a we paid to have Mike put in a bubble, but it's just I'm like. Not, uh, it's just yeah, a ceramic bubble. bubble. It's, it's actually just a... We just got a tent in a, from, from uh, Home Depot. That's the bubble he's in. So, big news, guys. First of all, uh, welcome back. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Thanks hey. for having us. Um, Always great to be here. Mike, did you steal that fan from a Catholic elementary school in the, from 1987? <laughs> <or>? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. I've had since that since the last day of eleventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a shame that we didn't record this because we're actually doing this uh, as a Zoom call, which is weird for Chris and I because we never look at each other when we talk anymore. <laughs> um, we just I'm just not used to seeing anyone's expressions. So if my jokes fall flat, I'll just pretend <laughs> they didn't. We'll yeah. just act like the screen is frozen and not do anything. Exactly. <laughs> I can see all the eye rolling. Um, so the other day, uh, some news dropped that one Mr. Thomas Thibodeau III was uh, potentially heading to the New York Knicks as their newest head coach, um, which immediately spawned my request for uh, RJ and Mike to, to get in a three-way text message exchange, which they'd already been in one by themselves. So uh, I then decided that I might turn it into a podcast because uh, I wanted your input and I know Chris does as well. And Chris has actually been doing some deep diving into the fine career of Tom Thibodeau. Uh, so let's start there. Chris, what, uh, do you have any, I guess what, give us some backstory on Tom Thibodeau. I know you have a, a particular uh, tumultuous relationship with him um, because you just think he's the worst, but go ahead. <laughs> give us some, give us some background on that. All right. I mean, just to clarify, I don't think he's the worst, but I do think he's highly overrated as a coach. Um, and I will prove that today. Um, <laughs> Around the horn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Time's uh, up. RJ, your take. <laughs> I think uh, one of Chris's family relatives must be the woman he left at the altar when he was 22. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to be delving into that part of Tom Thibodeau's I life. I do. I do. We have to get into the part of Tom Thibodeau's life where he abandoned a relationship. Bachelor 22, definitely. There's, there's something else that he got from Catholic school, and it ain't a fan. Anyway, Chris, what? let's go get back to you. This is what I love about this, actually, this roundtable here of the four of us, is that we can also we can focus on his career and his professional life, but you can also just the two of you have also done a deep dive into his personal life. Of course, 
which I think is I think is fair and well balanced uh, journalism at its best here for this. I don't know, man. RJ's the Us Weekly of the New York of the New York Knicks. <laughs> yes. Look, we're the three of us on the top of these all got married later in life. So when somebody is, has, still hasn't gotten married, we deep dive say, what's going on? This guy? <laughs> also, we can also recognize recognize what's going on pretty quickly, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Tom Thibodeau got a, got the head coaching job of the Bulls back in 2010. Okay. That was his first head coaching job? His first head coaching job, at least in the NBA. Okay. And he was a he was a Riley assistant, right? Or a Van Gundy assistant? He was. was uh, he got- Van Gundy. Yeah, he was an assistant, I think, with Van Gundy. I think okay. he might have, he might have gone over with Riley as well too. But then he really started sort of getting notoriety, making his bones with as an assistant with the Boston Celtics under Doc Rivers in the early 2000s. Okay. And then he sort of gained his notoriety as this sort of uh, defensive guru like one of the best ever and you know he sort of has this reputation that's fair or unfair i don't i don't actually know personally i think it's a bit overblown um but with that success in boston he parlayed that into the head coaching job with chicago where he immediately had success they won 62 games his first year blowing away and surpassing i think even like the over under for him expectation was like right around like 42 maybe 44 is 45 derrick, games. is derrick rose there at this point is this derrick rose was three years in already okay and oh, won, oh really okay yeah and won the mvp thibodeau's first year okay so and everyone gives credit thibodeau credit for like derrick rose and turning into an mvp but derrick rose is already on his way to being a superstar yeah like he also he should, already he really also shouldn't good. have won MVP that year. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, he, he, he owes it to two men named Rose. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Wait, Pete, uh, Pete Rose? Was he in like a gamble? What's oh, Pete Rose? Wait, three men named Rose. <laughs> <laughs> this is you're hearing this first, everyone. Pete, Pete, and Tom were deep in the gambling game in the early '80s. Um. So listen, I, he's he's a good coach. He's a fine coach. But if you really dig di- dig deep and into his career, especially with Chicago, uh, but it also translates as well to Minnesota, is that he had success when he had a fully stocked, healthy, uh, very talented team across the board, including Derrick Rose. Wait, that doesn't. And, I hold. Let me stop you real quick. That doesn't because I feel like he had a fully stocked team in Minnesota. I mean, it's a team he made, wasn't he? Like the GM there, like. He was. He also, but he also has a he has a certain style and, and predilection of like sort of hardworking blue collar type players that he sort of he brought half of his, the squad over from Chicago. Yeah, a bunch of fucking old role players that like were watching. Exactly. But he, that's the kind of guys he likes because that's the sort of mentality that he I think he shares them shares with on that sort of same plane of like how to play basketball, how to the style of basketball, like the mentality of basketball, all that kind of nonsense. So how long did he last in Chicago? Anyone? Five seasons. I think yeah. it was four years, three or four years. How long four did he? Five. How did he la- la- How long did he last in Minnesota? Two and a half. And people would say that Jimmy Buckets got it, pushed him out of Chicago. Correct? Is that the take? In Chicago? Yeah. Uh, no, I, they. I think there was a lot. There was a lot going on there. No right? management. I think. Yeah. I mean, no one. I mean, guy. no one makes. No one gets along with their management. Yeah, right. But even when he went, Jimmy Butler called him to Minnesota or went to Minnesota. So I don't think that was the oh, issue. Oh, that's right. That's right. In the Western Conference. So he was successful there when they were healthy, too. And I just think Carl Anthony Towns is 
a bad match for him. I think he's a little soft. He doesn't like playing defense. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I Wiggins agree. is garbage. That was the last time that team was ever good is when Tibbs was coaching him. And he, but he was a terrible GM. He's a terrible GM. I think that's a take. Mike, what do you what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm more in line with Chris on this in the sense that Which like, Chris? If I Me, Chris, or like, that Chris? I haven't heard your real opinion yet. I don't so have one. Chris. Good, good. So um is that like if I look at his career and I said prove to me what he did. Like, I don't see it, right? So, so Chicago, those teams were good teams and they had good, play, you know, and he takes some credit for that, right? And he does seem to be a good defensive coach. But, A, that, those teams never really won a lot, like won anything, you know, in the postseason, right? They fell apart after the Derrick Rose things. And when things went south, it's not like he, well, he kept it going, right? That's the kind of stuff when you look at a coach is like, oh, he lost his best player, but look, the team is still winning or – he took this whole other group of people and he did the same thing with his other group of people. That like team, what I've seen in his career is that he can't, he hasn't done that. He's, he's had this one moment, which again, I'm not taking away any credit that's due to him for that, but I never saw him replicate it like under different circumstances. Do, so, do you, I, so he's got I agree something, with that. but, and then this other part, side of it is I feel he does have some kind of personality issues. Like, you know, everybody tried to pin it on, or, or there was clearly one camp that put stuff in the media that tried to and make it seem like Carl Anthony Towns is a dog. And I don't really buy that. I mean, I think I think uh, Andrew Wiggins is a is a proven dog, right? But Carl Anthony Towns, if you can't if you can't even win with Carl Anthony Towns, I worry about like what. Like, yeah, okay, Carl Anthony Towns is maybe leaving something on the, like, maybe has some potential that, like, his own motor is not letting him reach. But but just 80% of, of his talent should be enough for you to, like, make a mark on that. He's, he's considered one of, like, the best players in the league, right? Well, like, I mean, I, I kind of, I side with... You can't make that work to the point where not only can't you make that work, but you have to blow it up in that ugly way that he did, I think does not reflect well on him. Hold on, rebut. RJ, because I'm with you. I think Carl Anthony Towns is soft, uh, personally. I don't think he had a great team. He did build it to an extent in Minnesota. Um, but I think I sort of agree with RJ on the Carl Anthony Towns point, but I also side with Mike. That year that they lost Rose, they didn't win another playoff game. They were up in that series against Philly. Rose goes down, and they just got swept. Like That was a wrap. Like Everything was hinging on Derrick Rose at that point. He didn't have the players. He couldn't coach a team without a a superstar and then he got another one in minnesota and didn't necessarily do anything with it maybe that's carl anthony towns maybe that's coaching rj you remember how soul crushing that i mean i'm not a, i'm just a basketball fan i remember watching that game at Mullane's in fort green r.i.p by the way just got shut down the no ah. and i saw that injury and just as a basketball fan it just oh, yeah. it hurt my soul like he's a chicago yeah. kid that there i don't know there was much coming back from that yeah, I, yeah, I feel like, totally. That's one of the hardest ones that I remember. But I think body, I think it's like ninety nine percent of the other coaches. Like Frank Vogel is good in Indy because he had good players. He went to Orlando, had crappy players. He was crappy. Guess what? He's with the Lakers. That's most coaches. I think it's only like who Spolstra, Pop, yes. and probably Doc Rivers that yeah. could like elevate people. It's a rare, it's a rare coaching circle for sure. And yeah, I, 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 I throw I, Nick Nurse help. in that. I, I agree with that totally, but then I'm like, okay, which one is the Knicks, right? There we like go. The nice Knicks, segue, right? Mike. 
but the, but you're getting you're getting the you're getting the the guy who can't coach crappy players to coach the crap cra- a bunch of crappy players. I I don't know. I I take Mike Miller over over that. Like, what does he do? And the other question is, what does he do when he has bad players? And so far, we've seen just he fucking he can't seem to at least like I don't know. Like I said, in Chicago, it ended badly. Like from a it wasn't like oh wow we really liked him but we can't just afford to lose all these games it was like this guy's an asshole we'll get him out of here and it was a, a, seemed to be the same way in Minnesota well but, i guess that that's there's two points to that or two parts to that point one is he is getting a dog shit team and and if and i've got a feeling they're the verge right now where like they need good coaching and i i tend to agree that the coach they have right now has some potential in being that they're just they're the Knicks and they're going to rush to the biggest name. The other side of that is is if Thibodeau's not a GM, is he? How is he going to? How is he going to handle being there with a, with the other rows? Like how is he going to? How is that going to work for him? Is he? Do you think he's going to have influence in the coaching and the decisions of the personnel? Like what's his team going to look like in a year? I think I think he I think the one thing maybe you can take away positively from Thibodeau's previous two experiences, and especially in Minnesota being the president or GM or whatever he was in Minnesota right. is I think he, it's the one thing I, I have confidence in that he learned that he's not good at, and he shouldn't be involved in that necessarily. Now, if you, if you want to say like, he wants to be aligned with, with like the ownership management, coaching staff, you know, and, and like, and, and, and sort of a focused approach all the way down the line and going, okay, yeah, like we, we all, we're all on the same page. This is how we want to do things. This is how we want the organization to be like top to bottom. I think he's probably more in line, you know, and realizes that he's, he shouldn't be in charge. It's too hard of a job. Um, I think there's even some articles out there quoting him and talking about those kinds of things and the things he's learned over the past year and a half or something being away from the game. <laughs> what? Uh, I, he's a lunatic. He's just been masturbating. Like, that's what he's been doing. Like, but he's also <laughs> a, he's also a part of my hope is that, that he did learn to sort of like chill out a little bit and maybe have this near death experience and maybe he'll, he'll, Hopefully he did learn about what to modulate somewhat uh, in being a coach. That's one of the hopes I have for him. Did he? Right. Did he almost and that, die? And that's what he was in Minnesota. I think he, you know, he, he tried to fit, <laughs> he tried to fit Chicago his Chicago scheme and style into Minnesota, which was two completely different style teams, players, um, abilities, like the whole thing. Like he, he, I think he's my problem with him is he. I think he believes too heavily in his his own talent and scheme, right? Where he just takes players and he fits them into his scheme instead of going, hey, here's the guys I have to work with. Here's Carl Anthony Towns. This is what he's good at, what he's bad at. Let's work with that in that framework. Instead of just going, hey, you know what I need you to do? I need you to play my style of defense and offense and make my vision work. Well, that was that's what happened with like, what was it, Phil and Kurt Rambis, right? Or Jeff Hornacek, like, Right, like they were trying, they, oh, right. they they already had a coach that was trying to force players to play in a style that they didn't want to play. Right. Uh, what, RJ? Let me ask you this: What team? So since you are pro Thibodeau, what players? Have no, you- I'm, I'm pro- Thibodeau curious. Okay. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was pro Kenny Atkins. So uh, well, that's a, that's the other. Thibodeau that- and I run into each other, but I had a few drinks. He'll you know he'll say. That's that's a question that I actually had too. Is like. I guess who would be your who would, who's your ideal coach to coach the Knicks and which players are untouchable in your opinion right now that are on the Knicks roster? Jeff Mitch. I mean Mitch and RJ because who 
why, I mean, why we, we don't know what the ceiling is. If you look at RJ's rookie stats compared to some other people's, he wasn't efficient, but his, his stats, his rebounds across the board, his work ethic, I think the thing that I like about him as a master of the team is the guys we have, you could say a lot about them, but they're not soft and they play defense. Okay. And they were, their issue was they didn't get minutes. Like his issue is he gave too many minutes. Like Fisdale wouldn't play Frank. He Frank would make one good play and he'd be out. He wrecked him. And I yeah. think Thibodeau will look at Frank and Damian Dotson and Mitch and RJ and just play them a ton. Kevin Knox, I don't know what. I, I mean, know. I'm back and forth uh, on him too. Same with Lonzo Trier. I, uh, I think those guys have Trier's have gone. Anyway. Gone. Trier's gone. He's gone? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they, um, they, they, he they walked? Moved. They cut him. They cut him? Yeah. Jesus Christ, this team. Uh, so, so no love for Julius Randle, I'm guessing. I mean, he's got, I looked out today. He's got, we got another two years. I mean, yeah. Another two years of him crashing. Who would he was just unwatchable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's a, it's a, it's not a good fit. Maybe on any team. I, I've always been a big fan, but man, after this stint, I'm like, where else can he go? Like he's just. What? Uh, You're talking about Julius Randle. Yeah. There's not a huge market for guys who just dribble into traffic and spin around and then yeah, and throw the ball up and hope for a foul. He's not today's, he's not today's NBA. No. So he works Randall. perfectly for Thibodeau, though. That's I mean, the he's, thing. He's basically the current That's version. The thing, yeah, right? Tom Thibodeau's not today's NBA either, so may, maybe they will. Maybe yeah. work I mean, it's, they, yeah. Everybody's zigging the Knicks are zagging. Yeah, that's, wow. that's that, I mean, I think RJ. Exactly. I think RJ's right. I think I think Frankie Smokes is a perfect Thibodeau prospect. I think he RJ RJ probably and definitely Julius Randle. Like he, this is kind of his, the perfect situation for him in a way. That's low risk. I mean, like anyone that walks into the Knicks organization, we're just gonna have to score a lot of win a lot of games with sixty five points. <laughs> yeah. Remember, you guys, you guys remember going to the garden when Pizza Hut used, or is it Domino's? You said if the Knicks hold the opponent under a hundred points, you get a free pizza. Like, I remember. <laughs> so maybe the I try to tie that back in with Thibodeau with his reputation. I mean, they're gonna try to. That's true. Yeah. No brainer marketing ploy. So, so Mike, what? Same question to you. Are there any Knicks that you think are untouchable, and which coach would you prefer to be in New York? Um. Well, I guess for, as far as untouchable, yeah, my list is basically kind of like uh, is kind of like RJ's in the sense that I got Mitch, and then I got maybe RJ. Like we, you just drafted him. I, I can't see I can't see any reason why you wouldn't keep playing him. Um, you know, you talk about really sad moments in the NBA, like you know Derrick Rose injury and whatnot. And then for me, it's when I say Zion Williamson, John Morant. RJ Barrett. Yeah. Like that's just hard. That's just soul crushing yeah. to me. Yeah. Because I was watching John Morant the other day and that guy is such a baller that a guy is so good. And if you look at the next step down to RJ Barrett, it's that the Knicks got, he, it is just, it's a, it's a, it's, it's yeah. a league away. It's so a, anyhow, it's a drastic so, drop. I would, I, I would even add to that. I was watching Dallas and I know this is a sore subject, 
but Chris Stapps looks fucking golden right now. Like, he, oh yeah, that's your, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, just, it's like it's painful. It, it, the, the, thing, the, so. the what ifs of the Knicks organization are so painful. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Chris. Chris. I can't believe those words just came out of your mouth. Oh, I know. Chris it was a Chris Stapps. Uh, yeah. I, you look so. So, so as far as the team goes, like, um, that's my feeling. I, I, um, look. I like every decent human being on the face of the planet wants to see Frank Tilakina like uh, shine, but I am not really optimistic about it. So like, I, you know, uh, yeah, fine. Give him minutes. I, I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge him that, but I, I just don't understand that why people think all of a sudden, like he's, he's, he's going to be anything other than he's been so far. And I'm not saying that's terrible, but, uh, but yeah. And then, you know, the RJ Barrett thing is like, he, he's not a good shooter, okay? And at 61% free throw, I, I don't see him becoming, like, a really good shooter. And then people complain about, oh, well, he has to be with spacing. I'm like, he's the two guard. Who's supposed to space? if he, he, Well, you have to get a, a center who can shoot three so that your two guard can, like, can stand in the paint. I don't, I don't understand. But that's another story. No, the no. guy I want still today more than anybody, and I, I, I don't know what I'm missing, is Mark Jackson. Because oh, if you look now, the rap on Mark Jackson was that in Golden in Golden wow. State they say that he was like a holy roller and he had like personality issues with these other people, which is I don't know. I mean, I assume like I would hate playing for some like Jesusy kind of guy like that. But at the same token, you talk to the players that he coached who who went on to found be the greatest dynasty team that we've seen in a, in a generation, right? Yeah, they all they all have good things to say about Mark Jackson, right? And if you look at the job he did on the court with those players and what he, the kind of defensive team he turned that team into, that's what the Knicks need. And you're right. They, they weren't, the Knicks don't have great players like that, but he seems like a guy who can get players on his side. Isn't like a, you know, like a, he's like, I told you my new nickname, my, my early nickname for Thibodeau is the great Santini. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, so for, just... for any listeners under the age of 70, Mike, why don't you explain that one to us? That you deep, never that deep, deep Robert deep. Duvall cut. It was, it was, it, maybe, maybe it's just, and those of you, I guess, who had decent relationships with your father might not have seen that movie either, but it's, um, it's a it's, mean ass dad. You watch TV show. Up. <laughs> he said, if you let your, if your dad let you watch TV, you show just up. later cameo, maybe in it, that would put it in your list. Then I would love like, there's a scene one-on-one with his father. Who's a, who's Robert Duvall. Who's like a Marine fighter pilot. And the kid is just like this kind of goofy, kind of like sweet face. Like, and the, the father just goes off on him and like hits him. With the, What's the matter? You're soft, hit, throwing the ball in his face and all this kind of stuff. Mike, so, Mike, I dated a girl once who, uh, whose father was a naval admiral and that was his favorite movie. And I was like, yikes, I never want to meet this guy. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so and, <laughs> you, you keep up with that Santini, that Santini nickname. I'm sure it's going to take off. Um, oh, it will. It will. I, <laughs> I think what I'm what I, I the, look around with it, it works. I think that the the best part of your Mark Jackson coming to the Knicks take is, is that you get Monte Ellis as a package deal. So he would probably be your starting guard at this point. Uh, Chris, do you have any players on the Knicks that you think is wor- are worthwhile? I I think they're all worthwhile, but but not not coached by Thibodeau. Like he's he's notorious. He he'll play young guys, but unless, but if they're superstars or if they get if they have a huge contract. Uh, already handed to them in in Wiggins, 
Like he's forced to, yeah, he was forced to basically play Wiggins. I don't think he would have played Wiggins yeah. except for that guy was making too much money not to play him. But like, you know, Rose, he played Rose, or, you know, because Rose is only 22, but he was already a superstar. Jimmy Butler barely, I don't even know if Jeremy Butler averaged double digit minutes his first two seasons yeah. as a bull. Right, I forgot. Like, Jimmy Butler made something out of himself. He worked his ass off. That's why. That's yeah. why Tibbs loves him, and Butler loves Tibbs. Like other rookies on 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 the two teams he's coached over the years, don't play a lot of minutes. Right now on this team, because he and he favors, and it's it's true. Like he brings in lots of veterans. He plays the veterans over the over the younger guys. Even uh, was it Tyus Jones was the rookie point guard or young guy in oh, Minnesota right. who potentially apparently has a lot of potential. And they thought he should have been playing him more because he's he was seemed to be pretty decent from at points in time. Like he kind of just he he brought in uh, Jeff Teague, you know, and gave him heavy minutes, you know. Jeff Teague is garbage. Oh, so you know, like I, so unless Tibbs again like changes his whole philosophy and does a one eighty or is forced to play all these rookies, which may be the case with with management um, directing him. If they can't bring in all these, you know, if he can't bring in Derrick Rose, maybe somehow or something to to, to play point guard for him. He's gonna. He might be forced to play all these guys, but if that's the case, I'm not convinced that he can actually develop these guys any more so than any other coach in the Knicks of the last couple of years with all these guys with Knox, Tilakina, like etc. Like I, I still think those guys are all still Noah. Young enough. Does it the reunite the reuniting Noah and Thibodeau doesn't excite you? <laughs> Come on! I think, I think Noah's <laughs> one. Noah comes in every month to pick up his paycheck. Does he still get? Is he, still is he, is he gonna still come and stop by? Stop by Tibbs office and be like, "What's up, Coach? I'm just yeah. Sorry, I'm only wearing flip flops. Otherwise, I'd practice." Noah clock. and Bobby Vanier are gonna be the last two people in New York City collecting checks when it's we we're all living. <laughs> like I, I think I'm with RJ though, man. I like I, I was, I was like with this team, what how they were sort of set up right now, and like a lot of the veterans they can cut and save money. They should have hired Kenny Atkinson, right? And it was, yeah. it was a three- to four-year approach, develop these guys, grow them to the best of their ability. Like, I mean, none of these head coaches that, that were – the names were thrown out there. Like, Thibodeau was probably the most exciting one out there, and not for really a great reason. You know, like, like Kenny Atkinson – like, I love Kenny Atkinson. I loved his time with the Nets. He had a lot of flaws, and, and like, they needed to fire him and, like, you know, move on. I was gonna ask why is that? Because the only thing I can think of he, he was did a good job of developing young players and talent on that team. Wait, hold he on. Did. I don't know. Hold on. It's RJ, go ahead. Sorry, the zooms. So my ahead. question Chris, is just I, I was never clear on that what he did to get booted there when it just seemed that he over exceeded <laughs> expectations and developed Lavert and developed Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, like uh, I, I, I don't understand that other. Yeah, he he developed. He deserves a lot of credit for for developing those guys and giving those guys the minutes to play. And Karis Levert, Dan Whitty, staff, Jared Allen. Yeah, the net, the Nets' philosophy too is like they have a huge uh, development staff. I think too behind the scenes, right? So they right. they work with those guys uh, on a daily basis and that kind of stuff. So I, what what I think in, when you really watch Nets games though is like his his offense. It never really. Um, it was good. It was sort of modern, but it it, it just. It, it just wasn't great, right? And he never, they were, they always had a hard time closing out games. They, they would keep uh, games close till about the third quarter, even with really good teams. And then they would just kind of fall apart. They always seemed to like lose games more than they could win at the end. Uh, defensively, Ooh, Nick's coach. I mean, come on, you're only proving the case. That's a <laughs> so, but, but that's the point. It's like, I think he's a really good coach for a very specific reason, right? And like, I think they kind of outgrew him to that point 
in mm. in Brooklyn is they, they they need to take the next step now. Whether they can find that coach or not is, is I a think that had to do with Durant and um, and um, Kyrie, Kyrie being like like that they yeah, both yeah, looked at too. Like a top a top tier coach. Yeah, I think some degree in that, and and I think um, Kenny like yeah you you get those guys you get those very important guys they have big voices they're leaders in that room that room now uh, and they want to go in a different direction and like you right or wrong okay fine you make that decision. Um, but I think they're also their their offense. Those two guys playing offensively uh, don't necessarily fit Atkinson's style of how to play offense and sharing the ball. He he's more San Antonio, like share the ball, pass it around, find open shots. Uh-huh. You know, like very efficient, um, uh, but very good. Like that's that's really not Kyrie or Durant. They're they're a little more you know one on one ISO type guys. So, but it. it- at risk of turning this into a Nets podcast, which yeah. RJ will immediately well, sign off on, I do want to. I do want to throw this idea out there. My coach for the Knicks was Jason Kidd. I thought he was the perfect next coach. <laughs> he would just fall into that Isaiah Thomas role with Dolan so immediately. They would be out like having inappropriate yeah. relations with interns. Like it would be the golden year. Like we get Stevie Franci- franchise on that on that squad. Like I, I Nick for life. <laughs> Doesn't that seem like the right, right fit? Like, I, I like oh. Jay. Jay Kidd's just sitting on a bench. Where is he? Like in a, is it San Antonio or, or no, LA, Lakers, LA Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. So once he gets his chip with the Lakers, I think, <laughs> I think the next step would be just to pick up the pieces in New York. No, I think no, that's his retirement package. He's, he's like, he's going to do like Riley did with uh, Paul Westfall and just be like, even if they win the chip, he's going to be in LeBron's ear. Yeah. Like we need to get rid of that guy. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> We would have swept him if I was a coach. He will he's just the only NBA player that ever looked like me. So for me to hate him this much. What you mean, no. Riley with Westfall or Riley with uh, Stan Van? Because I guess Riley with anyone. He's yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Riley with the Knicks. Riley. He's trying, to get, he's trying to get Frank Vogel lost in like Space Mountain right now or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> or like the. If, if you Pirates guys Caribbean, he like suck him in there and turn the lights off. Push him overboard. <laughs> Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel can scream too loud. You can hear him. Playing some wings in his room. Is this not the chloroform? All right. So, so my, I guess my my next question for for everyone is is like, I mean, RJ said he's Thibodeau curious. Chris, I don't really know. Like, do you think Thibodeau can do this? Like, is this should we be sat as a as a Knicks sympathizer, not necessarily a Knicks fan? Like, do you do you? I I think Thibodeau think curious work? is the perfect way to 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 go about this. Yeah. yeah, that is that he's all of his past mistakes and his records and his notoriety. You just sort of throw it out the window. Give him a give him one more chance. Like this is literally this is his last chance. Um, what I and I don't necessarily love him, but I also I don't hate him. Again, like he's a he's basically without Derrick Rose, he was a 500 coach, right? So he you know he had a yeah. decent team in Chicago. Right. He was a so he was basically a 500 coach without Derrick Rose. They still won enough games. They still got the playoffs without him. It was fun. Giving me a lot of actual hope now though is is the other Rose. In New York, Leon Rose, who was named the president, he made four, I believe it's four hires to fill out like the, the vice president, assistant general manager type positions. Um, he brought the one guy in from uh, Utah who's, who's supposed to be an excellent 
uh, scout and, and player Anal- um, analytics guy. Uh, yeah, maybe even analytics, but like he recognizes talent and, and he, he usually, he was in charge of all the, like the Utah uh, drafts and stuff. And he's really good. There was the, the, the cap, the capologist, I guess, or whatever you call him in, in Cleveland, who was really good, was well-known and well-respected. Uh, there was another guy. Um, uh, I can't think of his name. There was another guy. That, and then the, the fourth guy was like some, he's like, I don't even know if he's 30 years old. He's supposed to be like a prodigy type dude. He worked for the Pelicans. He started his own scouting website company like over the last 10 to 15 years. Like they seem to be, he seems to be picking like really intelligent, really smart guys to help run and, and shape and form the organization going forward. And that's something I don't think Knicks have done ever, or at least for a really long so time. So then why fucking hire Thibodeau? Like that's what I like. I don't see well, how Thibodeau fits in this mix. There, right? What? There's a what? relational thing. Like they know each other from like CAA or something like that. Or, and, and yeah. maybe it's the kind of thing where it's like, I don't know who do I get as coach. Well, I I kind of have a relationship with this guy, so I'll, at least I'll know. Like I'll have a good like uh, communication with him, and we'll be honest with each other. Maybe that's that's his feeling. Maybe it is a kind of thing I'm looking to remake this organization, and maybe you know Tom Thibodeau is like my training wheels manager or something like that. I, I I don't know. I mean, coach. I think it's also dealing with Dolan. They probably had to. They did a lot of like modern radical stuff, so they had to throw him a bone, like. Uh, maybe hey, grandpa, you gotta wear a mask. You gotta do this. <laughs> you can still be racist. No black black head coaches, you know, like yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of I agree with Chris on my my kind of view is like I'm you know, I'm willing to give him a chance and see what happens. And uh, my my the only kind of like worst case scenario, I I see the ceiling is very low just generally with this team. I don't think they're going to be that much better this, next year. I don't. I don't know how good good any of these anybody they'll get through the draft is, but um, neither uh, will the scouts because they'll have no footage. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But the the other thing is, um, like I said, my, oh my worst case scenario is that he just does something to like alienate players. Like like if Mitch says like two years from now I can't deal with this guy or like he totally sours him on the Knicks. You know, not like we haven't had recent. Yeah, that's know, that's uh, the tradition. That's the tradition at this point. That's fear. That's fear. I is think, that Thibodeau's personality and like hard ass style will alienate Mitchell Robinson? If you could tell me that will not happen, then I'll be like, I don't care. I, then then everything's you know good to go. For I think that there's years. just nothing to lose at this point. I th- there's no Porzingis. There's no superstar that you could potentially piss off. I think mm-hmm. honestly, like to Chris's point, this is sort of like do or die. It's the last stop on the train. But that might be the perfect scenario for Thibodeau. I personally think it's just such a Knicks hire. I'd rather see Herb Williams in the spot. Like I just, I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not pro another name coach for this organization. I think that they should try something drastically different, but I mean, but they weren't, but they weren't going to like hire, they, they weren't going to hire like an, like an, a no name assistant coach from, some which other is team stupid. Like, That's what I mean. Hire Becky yeah. Hammond, you know, say, be the yeah. first. Ber- well, yeah. Well, I, I still know. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I don't see what the problem with Mike Miller would have been. I agree. Like, other than the name. Because it's, it's not a splash. It's, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Other than the name. But in terms of what you're looking for in a coach at this point in Nick's history, like competence and the ability to, like, get the players on board and all that kind of stuff, even, even God forbid, continuity, you know, it, might, it wouldn't be a bad thing. But, um, can we talk about free agents for a second? Because everything that I've read is all dependent. Well, it all depends with Thibodeau is that they're going to stay young or what they're going to do in free agency. And then all I see is like 
They're, they might sign Carmelo and Gallinari. Oh. Ryan fucking Quinette available? Like, are they? Well, there's. A, are you serious? There isn't. There isn't a world where Gallo doesn't end up with the Knicks to end his career. I promise you, that's fucking happening. But that's a good point. I don't. <laughs> who are the, who are the next free agents? Like, so wait a second. We're going to build our defensive uh, uh, Thibodeau team around uh, Gallinari and Mello. Yeah, Mello and Chris Paul. But Melo slimmed down now, though, so now he can, he can, you know, he can probably play. Chris Paul, I, Chris Paul, I'd be all right with. He's thirty-seven years old. No, right? he's Chris care. Paul. Chris Paul is playing so fucking good. He's a, he's in. Chris Paul is an incredible play. Any team, he'd be all an I asset see, on any team. Every once in a while, I have just dreams of like pick and rolls with Mitchell Robinson and somebody who knows how to play basketball. Like that. That's all I want. Is well, I will say I love Mitch, but that's not his strength right now. Is knowing how to play basketball. His strength is like. Pure instinct, energy. Oh, but him on his, him is the, the the role man on the pick and roll, and and then somebody who knows what they're doing, like would just be such such a beautiful thing to watch. I think the next stop stop for Chris Paul in New York would be fantastic, and I think it would actually work in Thibodeau's scheme. I was never a Chris Paul believer. I listened to him on the Knuckleheads podcast, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, this guy. And plus, the season at OKC, I'm such an OKC believer this year, which I know pisses yeah. Chris off to no end. But fuck, they're so fun to watch. You know, it's so great. I was watching one the, that game the other day, the game where um, Robertson went off, and I and I I thought, oh wow, yeah, this I really like this team. I was so remembering fun. how good they've been. And then I thought of you, Chris. <laughs> and then uh, like that. So it's the Porzingis thing and and OKC now. I, I know. I'm a wow. real. I'm a fucking. I, I'm a wrestling heel. Well, I'm, I'm a wrestling really heel. getting to this guy. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. <laughs> Just getting weirder and weirder. You guys, you know what I really like is the Celtics. They're fucking amazing. That Brad Stevens. He, Brad Stevens is a genius. <laughs> what a super coach. Kemba Walker, MVP. Uh, speaking of that, I would like to do a, another around the horn because it's easier than talking over each other the way we usually do with this stupid technology. But I'm going to start with RJ. Just to, because I know he's so good. He's been eating his balls gambling baseball. He might be better at at NBA. Uh, what 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 do you see? What who are your? Let's just very simply your East and West Conference champions. Who do you like? If you're gonna bet a future right now, Clippers. I mean, I I don't see the Clippers not winning the West and the East. God, I I think it's gonna be Toronto, and uh, that's what I bet. Ooh. At least. Ooh. I, I don't think I just I really like Milwaukee, but I don't. I feel like Philly could kind of handle them. A lot of teams can handle them. I don't know. Yeah, it just it just still seems like a one man show, and I don't think I I just don't believe in. Milwaukee. I think Giannis. I think Toronto's gonna do it. Based on last year, I think Giannis is soft. I I think he might not be a great. He might not be a great finisher. Uh, he'll eventually win a championship. I just don't think it'll be this year. I agree with you. Um, I'm just quickly looking up what the future is on Toronto. I bet. The conference I bet winner. Toronto, Toronto is plus 700, which is a, they're the next, they're actually in second place right now. Just I, don't think the they'll win. I think they'll win the East, the East. No, no, no. But if you parlayed, if you parlayed uh, Toronto and, and LA, you'd get plus uh, 880. So that's a good bet. I like, I like the Toronto take. I think, I hate to admit it, but I think Nick Nerds is one of the fucking best coaches I've ever seen. This year is proven. Yeah. 
Uh, Mike, what do you like? Um, so I'm going to root for Milwaukee, but, um, and, I, and this kills me to say it, but the team that I think is going to come out and I think the bubble thing really helps them and everything is going to be, uh, Boston. Ugh. Um, I think, uh, I think Jason Tatum, the way he was playing in going, I, I think like, I think Milwaukee, my fear is that they lose some momentum with the, with the, the shutdown and that's going to be a factor. And, but then Boston, uh, I don't know. I just think those guys, the more they play together and um, I think Jason Tatum is like kind of was looking like, like last year you expected him to take that like Kobe step or whatever, like to become like that type of player. And I think for the month or whatever, leading into the lockdown, uh, he started to look like that. And I just see that continuing to happen. And I think, you know, everything, all the drama and stuff that they'd had previously, I think they've, gotten over it and um yeah i see them being who they were supposed to be last year um, um on, the, on the west i you know in my head i, I do look at the, it's hard to beat the clippers especially with Kawhi getting all the um whatever that's called again uh management load management that he needed in the past month three months but um i still i still i'm still going to take lebron and uh and AD, I just think those those guys are too good to lose. So I'm going to be, yeah. So I'm saying the Lakers and the Celtics. Also, what a fucking, I love to bet the storyline, and I love this. I love a fucking Lakers-Boston storyline. Like, nothing will cement the nation more than a goddamn Lakers-Celtics final. Like, who's on that point? Kemba's going to be gone. Yeah, uh, Mike, yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, but Kem- Neither one of those teams has a point guard is a problem. <laughs> It's true. I don't know. I mean, again, the um, what's up with Kemba? He's hurt. He's hurt. Oh, he's hurt. He has like a degenerative condition, basically. At this point, he has arthritis. Oh, he has arthritis. He he put up like two out of six the other night for nine minutes, and then had to be on the bench. Oh well, that might change things. <laughs> <laughs> it way might. To, way to do your math. I mean, I I still think the Celtics I, are better I, than the Sixers. Uh, Chris, what do you what? Let's let's get it. Let's take it to you. What do you think? Here, okay. Here, I, I got a couple other things I want to I want to kind of look into betting on. Okay. Um, I want to take Portland to make the playoffs. Okay. Well, over hot over, hot take all of America. Well, all right, <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, but I'm saying no Memphis, no no Zion in the playoffs. It's Portland. Okay. All right. Maybe that's a hotter, a little bit of a hotter no, take. I'm, a, I'm looking. Hey, I'm looking. Trailblazers. Trailblazers right now are they're plus four hundred to make the playoffs. So yeah. that's that's still a that's still a, a good bet. Yep, I would bet whatever the New Orleans not to make the playoffs. And Memphis, which is which is minus four th- uh, hundred forty three right now. So Me- without having to add math into the into the situation, what is um. There's eight play-in games, right? Yes. Okay. So, and so the question is, what would those teams have to like reasonably go go through? Like, like Portland has that spot now. Uh, Portland is like three or four games behind Memphis for the eighth seed. Memphis is the Memphis is the early favorite. So it's three or four games. Games is tough. Well, but Portland now back to full health. They have all their players back. I wonder what was like both those teams. Uh, like Memphis is, I, I would love to know like what their home road splits were. I feel like they're a young team that was probably yeah. 
way better at home than they were on the road? They were three games better at home. Okay, maybe maybe not. There were, so. there were four games under five hundred on on the road. So could the Nets tank their way out of the playoffs? That's a question I have. Like, so the Nets right now are plus twenty one hundred not to make the playoffs, but if they miss the playoffs, they still have a chance of making a lottery pick. So, so, so they're six games above Washington. Yeah, who who's not going to yeah. win the game? They are not going to cooperate. However, the Nets only have what three, maybe three legitimate, decent players on this on this roster right now. What about Muzio? Uh, that guy's a fucking genius. Uh, 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 I I don't know if Nets is a better team than Washington right now at this point. But with I want to take I want to take Brooklyn not to make the playoffs. But being six game up with only eight games to play, I'm not sure. Like as Mike said, like th- that math would actually work out. Okay, if they if they had like ten, like if they was ten or twelve games or something, I would definitely be hitting Brooklyn not to make the playoffs. So in the East, who is who is still fighting? Because God, nobody wants in like the Western Conference. It's like I would love any of those three teams to make it. In the East, it's like I would rather light myself on fire than watch the Nets or the Wizards. It's it's Brooklyn and Orlando, which have have the basically the exact same record, seventh and eighth, and then and then the Wizards are the only other team that are eligible to try to make the playoffs. So, like, I'm rooting for Orlando so I can root for our boy from Philly, basically. Yeah. I, I would think I, – I think probably the same. Markel? Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be the eighth seed. I also think – I don't know if you guys have watched uh, any Mo Bamba. I don't know if you watched any Orlando uh, games of late, but Mo Bamba looks fit. He looks ready to play. Not that that's going to translate to anything, but... You've been waiting two years for that guy. I fucking love Mo Bamba, all right? Hey. <laughs> He's... I want to get a t-shirt, Mo Bamba is fit. <laughs> I'm on a t-shirt that says that, too. <laughs> um, Chris, so what do you... So give us some more of your hot takes. So Portland, yes. I'm, I'm... What are you referring to, Chris? What is that off in the distance that you're looking at? Going with the whole church camp vibe or is, is that are you quoting testament yeah this is the house of tibbs for, for for those listeners that can't see chris is also not wearing a tank top but not wearing a t-shirt either it's a weird sleeveless t-shirt right belichick style baby yeah yeah it's a it's a look chris how much time he has left on the common room computer <laughs> <laughs> I got people in the background telling me to. <laughs> um, so, Chris, could you could you please? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... So, since uh, since no one else is picking Milwaukee, I'll take Milwaukee in the finals against the Clippers. I think Clippers again are too healthy. They've had too much rest. Um, I, I think there's it, it would be it would be shocking not to see the Clippers like beat the Lakers uh, to go to the finals. Um, uh, I. I agree with that. Do you think, what do you think the bubble, whole bubble thing does with Philly? Well, like, you mean do you Philly, think they, Philly? That's what that was twenty nine and two on at home and has never like yeah. won a game on the road. So, so, like in between, where are they? Uh, okay. So as the uh, as a Philly fan, uh, yeah, I they look exactly as discombobulated as they did during the regular season. I don't think anything has changed with this fucking team. I would be shocked to see them get away from Miami or. Boston. They just the the chemistry's not there. Tobias Harris is not worth the money. Big Al can't couldn't jump over a fucking phone book. Like they're they're just and and like they have all this talent that just doesn't know how to play together. I'm like 
gaining I, weight? And has he gained weight? I can't imagine he stayed fit. Like he doesn't seem like no, the sort of he guy. Looks, he looks. He he just got balder. Like they're they <laughs> that and they paid. They gave up three second round picks for Alec Burks and fucking Glenn Robinson the third. Like that that who who don't fit. Like I just the, this team is. But Simmons can play the the power forward now and shoot threes, Chris. So all is well. Yeah, it's bullshit. That's such a bullshit rhetoric. This team looks just like they just don't have the fucking. They don't have the fluidity. And if they're well, not yes, hitting threes, they're just not making. They're they're not going anywhere. Philly's fucking dead in the water. Back around. How many years before Brett Brown coaching the Knicks? <laughs> I'll, I'll answer. I'll answer it this way. <laughs> the Knicks fucked up hiring Thibodeau now because they could have waited two months and hired Brett Brown after he got fired from the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a. That is, I wish that wasn't true, but man, I, uh, he's not great. He's in the, I mean, he's in the Thibodeau class of just good enough to fuck it up. You know, yeah. good, it's good enough to fail. Yeah. He did a great job with TJ McConnell. Let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, my pick for the, for the West, in case you guys were wondering, and I know you weren't, is the Clippers. Obviously I, I have, I have a lot of money wow. laid on Miami sneaking in there. I just think fresh legs, young team. Good coach, been there. Like I just fucking, I love this fucking team. I love Miami to fucking whoop Philly's ass because of a vendetta. I think they could. I think I think Miami can get past any team except for maybe Toronto from a coaching standpoint. Let me ask you a question. You guys are so sold that the that the Clippers beat the Lakers, right? But who who guards Anthony Davis on that team? Montrezl, Krispy Kremes. No, <laughs> the wings at Magic City. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a little bit like you know, Francesca saying, "Could he, could he guard the freak?" Like nobody can guard certain guys. But who's gonna I come? I, I just, I don't see it as a, as as a as a as this as a lock. I just, um, I'm yeah, I'm going with the. I'm going with the Lakers. I think the Clippers have such a deep bench. The, the Clippers have fucking three players on their bench that would start on any other well, team. There's no bench. There's no bench in the play, especially in the playoffs after a three month loss. I mean, after the three month break, there will be no bench. But the Lakers don't have a starting. Going to be taking whatever it needs to take to play 48 minutes. Okay, tonight. Mike. Let me ask you this, Mike. Let me ask you this. And if that's it's, the it's LeBron, case, it's LeBron, it's AD. Make it to the to the final. It's then. LeBron, AD. Then who else? Kuzma and then Bar. Did you see? Did you see the what? What year was it? Get their 2000, the 2016, the first the first Cleveland uh, Golden State matchup with uh, with no Kyrie and no Kevin Love, where the um, Cleveland took them to six games. Right. Yeah. Like LeBron does not. I, again, maybe I'm just a total LeBron stand still, but like I don't think he. Need, I don't think he needs much more than. Than the second greatest player in the league to like uh, uh, to to win anything. I'm not, and I'm not saying like I buy that oh, too. I buy I'm, that I'm too. I'm not making them the favorites, or I'm not even saying that. Uh, no, Jr. Fuck up for him again. Yeah, and Javale McGee. He's got. He's surrounded himself with head cases. Why is a Mike Beasley on this fucking team? Like, but that's the other thing about this team. Like they don't. When you look at um, uh, Superman, um, uh, Dwight Howard. Oh, Dwight Howard playing that way, don't you? Doesn't it? Doesn't that seem? Dwight Howard's going to get COVID in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but, true. But then again, so will Lou Williams. So it'll be a wash. <laughs> Lou Williams is out at the clubs right now in in Atlanta. <laughs> Who's most likely to 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 break quarantine? I guess after Lou Williams, Mike. You kind of have the same haircut as a rapper. Uh, 
Jack Harlow that outed Lou Williams at snitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> was it my, you know, I got this story from my wife, but she was like, yeah, they tried to say it was an old picture, but they were both wearing masks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rappers like 21. Also like Montrez <laughs> yeah. Harrell was just on a podcast being like Lou Williams won't let me go out with him because he thinks I'm soft. Like he's like, it's, it's, Jeez. yeah. He's, Imagine it's, how hard Lou Williams is. um all right so so uh nba predictions chris did you get all of yours off your chest or do you have any more uh so quick pivot because we love baseball on this show so much uh and by that we mean we hate baseball uh oh chris do your philly suck a dick i know dude they i bet so hard against them the other day and won like I, I broke my own, my own on air, uh, saying, which is don't ever bet a single game on baseball. But I was like, these Phillies suck so bad. I'm going to bet I'm and Marlins. I like plus eight fifty. guys are, these guys had the bubonic plague and, beat, and took two or three you beat your team. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I'll take it. Do you guys, so the bet we've been having this year is, uh, over under games, before the MB or before MLB folds, what, uh, Mike? I'll start oh. with you. Uh, one more team gets taken out. Let's see. So that's I'd say uh, in the next two weeks. So probably under twenty games. Then would that would be yeah. right? Uh, RJ, I like that number. And like a typical Price is Right cunt, I'm going to go one under and say nineteen. <laughs> Chris and I have both been saying 20. Oh, I'm, swimming with the, I'm swimming with the sharks today. We might as well be talking about with the NBA with this too, potentially too. Like they, you know, for all of our predictions and finals and talk that we might not even, they might not even be able to finish the season. Well, they, you know, this is 2020. So what we're going to get is a fucking, the only league that's going to survive is hockey. We're going to be all like <laughs> that, that hockey was zero positive tests. Players that don't fucking leave the bubble because they don't give a fuck. They just want to, like, you know, play hockey because they love hockey. Like, that's what we're going to get stuck with. We're going to get the fucking NHL. You know, I, when I watch baseball and I see, like, the first base coach wearing a mask, it turns me into, like, some MAGA mask hating, like, crazy. I'm like, this is stupid. Just stop. Like, it just. <laughs> when like, John Rollerwood used to wear the helmet at first base. Yes. Like, yes. It was, it's, it's, like i'm all for safety but like now this just looks like it's not cool like yeah i'd rather not watch baseball have you seen that have you seen the virtual high fives like when i get like i saw like they're like oh let's do this like it's just so depressing to watch like the fake high fives (laughs) you know how when you watch nba games especially like miami or la games and there's always like a particular fan that you take a special interest in yeah you know, yeah, like that. I mean, they got to do something about that for these games. They got to they got to holograph some like uh, Magic City girl or something in the front row. I think a more yeah, kissing bandit type thing. Can't they just let the Fisdale sit out sit out there in the front row? Yes, let's get Fisdale. Let's get Fisdale's wife to do some streaking, like like yeah. Tupac at Coachella. It'll be amazing. <laughs> Uh, did, <laughs> the, I, streaking. did anybody see like so so there are some head coaches 
that are not wearing masks, like in the NBA, like Brad Stevens, he's like, I don't wear a mask. I'm Brad Stevens. Like, <laughs> Jesus is going to save me. And then you look at like Popovich and he's wearing like a full fucking like headgear. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, they're, it's such a statement thing. Like, the mask thing is, it's so, it's so hilarious. I will say this on Philly's, Philly has some coordinated moves for free throws. So watch their bench during Philly games. It's worthwhile. Other than that, it's a shit show. That team's garbage. I'm sorry. Uh, Monmouth University? Jesus. You guys I, are in the NBA. I, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, like, when you watch these games, so it's like this, the whole city aspect of it is gone, right? So what if that's the future of sports is, like, 16 teams all sponsored by somebody all playing in the same space with not real. Maybe whoever is at Disney world that day shows up and watches the game. Well, I mean, I like think in baseball. Yeah. But you mean, all, you mean my major league baseball all the time for like, well, no, but at least the Yankees are playing in Yankee stadium and, and whatnot. Like here, it's just going to be like Branson, Missouri of sport. It could be like Broadway. We have all the yeah, here. Like we pick a city yeah. and like, that's a basketball city. Yeah. Come on down to Orlando for basketball. What? Yeah. <laughs> Technically, it would probably be Vegas, but yeah. Do you think? There you go. Do you think to that point? Do you think Miami will actually excel because they're used to fans coming so fucking late, like around halftime? They'll be a city they're, that's used to not having fans. Or their home away splits have to be insane because I bet on them. At, they win at home all the time, so that's. I, I think that's more a factor of the other team enjoying themselves in South Beach, but yeah, yeah. That's they're a really point. good at home. And also, they're so young. Like Tyler Hero is probably out the night before, and it just doesn't matter. He does a bump of coke before the game, and he's ready to go. I want to be Tyler Hero so bad. Like he's so kind of awesome. He's the greatest player in the NBA. I want to be him so bad. <laughs> he's like somebody's career mode, right? Like yeah. he's like the most down ass white boy who is in no way trying. Yeah, it's just what yeah. He's going to be. And Rex Chapman is taking him under his wing already. Yeah. Yes, he's I love that's that's a movie right there. I, I have a uh, Kevin Costner as the recognition part. Yeah, it's like, it. It was Ben Affleck. It was called The Way Back. It was actually <laughs> called it was actually called Amazing Grace and Chuck. There's a it's, that was amazing. Yeah. That was amazing. They had it right. That yeah. kid ended. That kid now Alex English ended <laughs> nuclear war. We need we need another one. It will be called uh, what would it be? Rex and Rex and Hero. Rex a is true hero. Rex is Rex's hero. A true hero. All right, uh, guys. Any parting thoughts before we wrap this up in a rambunctious way? I'm three deep right now, by the way. I got, I got nothing. All right, great, me. great. I'll tune in to watch Garrett Cole. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, that's not much of a part. Just letting you know about the rest of my night. That's such a good sell. <laughs> wow, wow. And with Look, that, I always wanted the Yankees that we never had a long haired pitcher. The Mets always had these amazing long haired pitchers. We finally get one. Wait, did my did you froze? Perfect. The whole thing froze. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. This has been Not For Nothing. Go fuck it. <laughs>